Dear Yarnbots, I have a query as to the whereabouts of a small child, which is to say, how do those infants enter into this world? Whence do they come from? Yours sincerely, Timothy Carotherbottom. <laughs> well, first, and it looks as though we've got another request to, to, to <laughs> decipher. Oh, only just so, Nigel. Yes, well, this is quite an interesting tale. We'll have to consult with only the finest oracles and shamans. I, w- I do want to mention, you've done a right job with uh, coming to us, Mr. Thunderwuzzles, um, <laughs> because uh, it, I, I know that there are a rival... Uh, our rival syndicate, the Storybots, would uh, would would give all manner of horrible advice and mm, untrue, yeah, absolutely fake, fake periodicals, as one might say. But you coming to the Onbots shows not a small amount of country loyalty, and as well as a little bit of dapper flair. Not to mention you're looking quite good. Have you gotten taller? Anyway, Nigel, um, what say we ask uh, for some uh, for some information? Oh, let's do Thurston. Uh, I believe I believe we uh, we have a, t- a two o'clock with the local regent baron. <laughs> He's certain to know all oh, about this. We 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 do indeed, but I'm afraid we're going to have to relax for about twenty minutes in my sitting room as I have afternoon tea. Cheerio! Bring along the opium, Jeeves. Story bonds living inside computer parts. Story bonds helping kids get super smart. They love. and pleasure there's a whole department whose only task is to answer anything we ask so let's see if team 341b can solve another mystery the story bots meet beep and bing bang boop and bone just ask them what all right that's perfect there's nothing we we can't we can't improve on that in any way, shape, or form. We got it in one. Modern science believes that the homunculus is already inside of the womb, and the sperm merely coaxes it out. <laughs> I mean, dude, we got it in one. Cartoni Awards 20, like, you know, <laughs> ninth, ninth Cartoni Awards already one and done. What is it about rich white guys that's just so funny? Because... <laughs> <laughs> They're just endlessly mockable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like throughout all of history, remember powdered wigs? Oh my god. <laughs> the mercury alone. The mercury. <laughs> um how do yeah. I make people think that I have some horrible wasting disease in order to raise my social status? There's got to be a better way. <laughs> <laughs> Dieting is out of the question. <laughs> a thin frame would doom you to a life of spinsterhood and regret. Mm. Um, hello everyone, and welcome to the Cartoncast. My name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And we are the podcast that reviews old cartoons, new cartoons, whatever cartoons we feel like to, uh, as we, with we, when we, where we think about as adults, where do we, where we think about as adults, Storybots. <laughs> Storybots, I need you to figure out what the hell's going on with the Cartoncast, capiche? <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're watching <laughs> Ask the Storybots. Yeah, which uh, you brought to my attention uh, because uh, yeah, it's edutainment, guys. We haven't done one in a bit. It's it's all the rage among the children, whom I'm told can make their own choices about what they're watching. I mean, you kind of can't stop them after like you give them a cell phone, so you don't lose them in the mall. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Did, have they discontinued those like mall PA systems for lost children? Oh, those like. <laughs> 
Yeah. Those, those useless ones because you're like, if your name was that, please call around to the crown star. <laughs> well, it, it was a step up from just the lost and found children bin. Oh, but man. It, <laughs> I've yeah, lost a lot of children that. in that bin. I wonder how many people out there we can convince that that was a thing if we use just the right tone of voice. Listener, imagine a ball pit, but with like <laughs> candy inside at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, the trap pretty much sets itself after that. I mean, they're not going to clean it. Set it and forget it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ask the Storybots is a Netflix series. Uh, this came out in 2016, and it is the flagship of the Storybots media franchise. Um, yeah, ori- wasn't this created by, like, a two-person pair who... What was it? Gibgab? Was Jib- that the... Jibjab. <laughs> We're not getting into Jib- the hard, soft G terrain oh, okay. here um jib yeah. jab excuse me yeah i mean they originally put it out on youtube which uh you know that the, the, these were the guys boy that's a good place for this you, they made terrifying dancing e-cards as well as do you remember that satire video of the 2004 election you're going to have to be a little more specific <laughs> it's uh this land is your land uh was the oh theme, this land will was... surely vote for me is that it yeah yeah um, With the, it was, it was John Kerry. Got purple hearts. Yeah, 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 yeah. John John Kerry versus George W. Why do I remember this, sir? And and they that kept it them? up for yeah, they kept it up for a while, and then eventually they were just like, we we're not doing this anymore. But this, then epic rap battles took over. Bruh, this is unironic. Bruh, this is <laughs> the next gradation of everything we talked about for our Flash animation episode. Mm-hmm. This is the next step. Yeah, yeah. The the this animation this weird janky holy style. shit no 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 no! it's too early to get oh it's too early zane if we, <laughs> there's there's too much sir i just start with the people i just people want, and the things i want people to know mm-hmm. that back in the mid 2000s you could take a, a picture of yourself the head of it and paste it onto this e-card where a body with your head on it danced around to dancing queen and that was oh, considered God. just normal internet you know behavior <laughs> dude i'm i i've joined corporate world and they're just figuring that out and it's abominable yeah i mean corporate art style is already so like sleek and and textureless <laughs> Well, but but they just like all of the all all the execs just figured out that you could send e cards with random people's faces on like stick figure bodies. Uh, I never want to have a birthday again. <laughs> is is the is the short and long of that? Mostly because you don't want to pay royalties to the uh, writers of the Happy Birthday song. Oh, those miserly old crones, <laughs> Mildred and Patty Hill. So glad you I remember their names from that it, bit. That, that's all I remember. That's the only bit of that entire bit I remember. Uh, <laughs> comedy Bang Bang, Paul F. Tompkins pretending to be, to pretending to be fucking <laughs> Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber, who does not talk like that. Uh, and we don't reason, know for sure. It was a running gag. Oh, yeah. That, why was it a running gag? Like, I, did, I only heard the tail end of it, but it, presumably, because this is how they work, it's been going on, it would, had been going on for years. Oh, because, because or, that was the case about the happy birthday. That's why in every movie you have, like, in, in the Emperor's New Groove, they're not singing happy birthday. They're singing some generic birthday song because it was under mm. co- copyright for, like, a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just amazed that they they knew the names of the people and i remember them because of the andrew lloyd Webber performance. because of the delivery by paul f tompkins 
God damn. Stick in my brain forever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Paul Tompkins, Jib Reset. Jab, Storybots. Okay. So Storybots, <laughs> the initial idea came from Jib Jab's Greg Spiridellis, uh, who noticed a change in how children consume media and wanted to make a show in the style of Sesame Street that catered to those children's habits. That's... What is what does he mean by habits there? So like you, ADHD, you know, it's kind of like how uh, oh back in my day we all used to crowd around the radio and then oh you know watching TV with the whole family and then it's like oh they're just jumping in and out of YouTube you know videos in between yeah. classes that sort of uh, uh, acceleration and more individuality in media consumption. So yes, on the ADHD. I, I not in so many words. <laughs> mm, mm. Well, you don't have time for that many words. You have yeah. ADHD. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I get. That's how it works. That's I have a I show to recommend for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that that's that lends itself to a again. This is edutainment. It's graded on a weird curve, but with the cognizance of like edutainment that we've checked out in the past, stories from the Book of Virtues, Magic School Bus. There was a gentler slope of action in that. This is real, you know, shotgun fire, rapid pace kind of stuff. Like, yeah, this, this is, is much more Sesame Street. Sesame Street is a good way to put it. This is, this is, yeah, because Sesame Street had a lot of, of short segments, right? It was just SNL for kids and, and with puppets. <laughs> yes. And... This really takes it a step further, both in terms of the aesthetic variety and the bruh. frenetic pace. Too much bruh this episode, but I'm not going to shy away from it. Bruh, the <laughs> variety, though. it This show has nary an ounce of depth because it committed all of its resources to breadth. And <laughs> for an ADHD uh, child for who needs to imbibe entertainment, that is such a good decision. Yeah, I, I spec'd heavy into breadth early on, but for New Game Plus, I'm, I'm going to respec into depth mm-hmm, and width. Mm-hmm. You got to choose. You got to choose, otherwise build. you're not going to be meta-viable. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah, so the show has won multiple Kids and Parents' Choice Awards, uh, plus a couple daytime Emmys. It's it's very popular for adults and kids. That's that's one of the major draws, is that it's, you know, it's it's weird, but it's well-crafted. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is weird. Uh, I wouldn't say it's well-crafted so much as just, like, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like, I don't know how well-crafted it is. It, it does have a nice framing device. Everything is pretty pleasant. And uh, as you said, there's a lot of variety, which I think is the big bonus for parents watching with. Right, because you're going like, to have to watch this show, this uh, a given episode, a million times. Right, and maybe you don't realize that puppetry and claymation are elements of... This kitchen <laughs> that they're making uh, a casserole from, but uh, yeah. they are. Yeah, um, there are other media in the Storybot franchise include Storybot's classroom for interactive and Common Core based learning. Um, mm, there is also core. another series called uh, Storybot's Super Songs, which is basically the same in style but a little bit different in structure. Um, they also made a Storybot Christmas. Starring Ed Asner as drunk, depressed Santa. Amazing. It's really good. <laughs> who was that one guy who ended up making um, a really kind-hearted, like... it Was it Craig McCracken? Before he went to, like, Powerpuff Girls, he was making just, like, w- weirdly edgy shit. 
Yes. Like, and there was someone, someone we were talking about made like a singing testicle and then started working on like My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. I don't remember who it was. Yeah, I think, I think a few of them. Oh, it was, um, God, was it the Ed and Eddie guys? It gives me so much uh, Death to Smoochie uh, yeah. memory. Like the like, like CD underbelly behind children's programming, which yeah, is such a fun concept. Because they keep throwing celebrities in. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's talk about the voices here because um, I didn't recognize almost any of them. Okay, so the characters are just different flavors of shape. Okay, these are popsicles. <laughs> these are probably just okay. I'm gonna say this with um, confidence that I have not earned. These are just Inside Out characters. Yeah, you still need to watch Inside Out. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm not wrong, am I? They 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 are you know single adjective characters. It's a it's they're not really mapping onto to the match. emotions. They're more like M and M's. They're more like those those M M&M and M characters than uh, the Inside Out ones. Maybe I I'd like to think of them somewhere between the M M&M and M characters and Scooby and the Gang. Yeah, yeah. We got your actually useful one. You got your guy who's laid back. You got your guy who's amped up. You got your asshole, and you got your mama. Uh, yeah, more or less. Yep. Wait, uh, is the asshole Fred or Scooby? Or Velma? Uh, oh, shit. It's old man Jenkins. That miserly old crone. <laughs> <laughs> old uh, man and Jenkins Hill. Uh, um, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, and then they've got cute names. This is Beep, Bing, Bang, Boop, and Bo. Yeah, they're colors. Uh, I'm going to refer to them as colors. Yep. I'm not going to... They're, they're not, they're not real characters. I'm honestly not going to refer to them at all. <laughs> Well, I I think that it's important to say a couple of things. Um, mm-hmm. One of which is that the creators, the brothers, uh, uh, Spiridelis, Schiaparelli, uh, the 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 brothers that uh, were in in charge of Jib Jab. Did I get it right? Yep, Jib yep. Jab. Um, they are the voice. They do some of the voices. Uh-huh. Uh The only voices that I took note of was the blue one because he. Sounded exactly like Otto from The Simpsons. Yeah, yep, the, the laid-back stoner type. And the yellow, yellow one, because I got a very similar read to uh, Tom Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually thought that those two were more uh, more well-known uh, voice actors. But no, that's, uh, the, the yellow one is Jeff Gill. He's mostly an animator for Jib Jab. Um, mm. But the blue one is Fred Tataschiori. Um, he's kind of in everything, does a lot of background characters. I mean, it... It tracks. He's he wasn't auto. Impression. He just, he's an I know he wasn't auto because the Simpsons cast was six people. Right. So I don't, <laughs> it, it had to be one of them, and I don't think this is one of them. But um, but then we also have um, the purple one is Erin Fitzgerald. We saw her as Naz and May Kanker from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Odd. Uh, and the green one is Judy Greer. That's Cheryl from Archer. Yeah, that's something. <laughs> Not really <laughs> sure what she's doing here, but uh, they're, well, they're then, all fine little... You know, little finger inside puppets. Out, in, inside out demons with South Park Canadian mouths. So you notice that too. <laughs> that well, interesting aesthetic thing, choice. That's the thing that they did in the um, This Land is Your Land uh, video. Right. Because it's they easier than actually animating. Yep. Yep. And it was, I mean, South Park and was. It looks okay on a garbage a pail bit, robot. Little, little, it looks great on a garbage pail <laughs> robot. Well, that's the thing. They have a lot of animation chops, presumably, because they do a bunch of different things. 
And I like the consideration with which they apply a different animation style or technique to a particular thing. Like, the fact that the bots have the South Park mouths, inspired. They should. Um, mm-hmm. that when, when a fucking hand puppet shows up, uh, it, it is a scary thing that you would want to tame and make a little more cutesy by giving it kind of a fuzzy... Uh, fuzzy aesthetic that's good for hand puppetry like there's just a lot of consideration for where to put all of their mental energy i guess sure yeah absolutely um and the concept of the show is that these uh little robot guys are part of a bureaucracy of robots yeah they're kind of like the if google was a guy sketch um, do you guys they, remember B movie? It's pretty close. They're, they're like answering. the hive is just like this <laughs> unnecessarily corporatist, you know, uh, mission without a cause with bosses and deadlines. Yeah, oh, so they God, answer it's children's. So good. They answer children's questions um, by meeting celebrities and experiencing different art styles and songs. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and the presumably device... they're part of a really shit tier group because the boss really hates whenever he has to rely on them. I want to get into that. Don't you worry. <laughs> that dynamic. That dynamic is something. That's um, key to the whole show. But yeah, the framing device is that in in effort to answer these questions, they're answering a kid's question that is being asked to them. This yes. is something that we've seen time and again in children's Arthur. media. Arthur. Even in um, Jackie Chan Adventures, like that would yeah. be the outro. Kids would ask mm-hmm. questions to Jackie Chan and like, Jackie Chan, where do babies come from? I love babies. (laughs) I used to be a baby. Babies forever. (laughs) Sometimes I'll do push-ups. Very good. (laughs) Thanks, Um, Jackie Chan. (laughs) I think I've nailed his syntax without making it problematic in the accent department. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I've got the other way around. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Well, we covered all our bases then. (laughs) Save that for uh, shorts. But yeah, that's... And, like, that is also something that, uh, here's another point of reference. Um, Uncle Traveling Matt. Mm. You know? They go out, uh, and, and there's some parts in the show that behave a lot like that. We're, we're just seeing a biome, and our co- character is who framed Roger Rabbiting into this <laughs> real life, and it looks fucking crazy. Um... <laughs> It's a lot of fun, like the, yeah. the different levels of fidelity in any given situation. I did not know they could mix and match so many different styles of animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very impressive. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I'm jumping around a bit. I did want to get into bureaucracy a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um. We we usually start in watching uh, this boss character, this little gremlin. And he is just answering questions from all over the world. But then suddenly he's like, ooh, that's a stumper. And he calls on the, the team and they show up covered in bagels or something. It's, it's kind of wacky. He's more or less grumpy Smurf. Yes. Overworked uh, grumpy Smurf. The one time when there's actually like a correlation to the Inside Out cast and you're like, no, this is a Smurf. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I saw. Um, and we, what happens is we see the live action child ask a question and there's actually like a little bit of back and forth. Um, yeah, that's really uncomfortable. Okay, that's <laughs> clearly they are not talking to storybots. That's ridiculous. But I, mm-hmm. it it does make you question what exactly is the handler in this situation? Like, we're gonna need to say, th- please ask, p- please storybots help with this question or something. But like, it's a it's an adult person like with like a prompting you know, a child. Yeah, like trying <laughs> trying to like you know earn your Reese's pieces or whatever. 
It's also like, what is the name? Like, how do the children have access to this service? Is it like a Nintendo video game helpline or? I think it's probably something similar to a Funko Land or a Nintendo Power. Sure. Um, Yeah. yeah, The the, the main story bots that we're familiar with, this Inside Outcast, is for whatever reason deemed the worst, (laughs) the, the worst question maker takers that's implied yeah but but it makes you wonder what is everyone else like (laughs) because they're like a crack team of commandos yeah well i was thinking (laughs) that these are all gers oh shit (laughs) yeah like the like the regular ones are just like people in the like yeah we we can use the fucking internet we we have computers and shit (laughs) uh then they just go and find the problem or they calculate you know why the sun is large or something it and these guys are just a bunch of gers that they didn't know how to get rid of yeah because most of the time you respond to a chat bot and it's instantaneous they have a response for you these guys it's like 20 minutes i know Because you're because you're paying for the service, right? It's 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 with a smile. Oh, you you think that these guys are like the low tier customers? Like, when a child is, asks, when a this, child this asks, this is the commercial version. This is like you know the 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 knockoff Linux equivalent software. <laughs> I, I think it's implied that when a child asks a question, the answer does not need to be arrived at urgently. I mean, not they don't really need to be answered at all. Yeah, well, it's nice to make them feel included in society. That is, that is accurate, and it is why <laughs> we have kids asking the questions in this. The, the kids always seem very distracted. Like, they don't seem... I mean, like, they're kids, obviously. They don't care. Um, I doubt that they, these kids even came up with these questions. But, like, it's it's just weird to see, because one side of the conversation is somebody who's not really looking at you and doesn't seem invested yeah I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's jarring it's jarring when you compare it to something like arthur where we we kind of follow the kids around for a minute and it's more of like them yeah. showing us something they've done um this is also a general trend in i think media in general where the way things used to work the magic school bus route the sitcom formula you know you would have everything kind of couched in one character's fears or worries or concerns and it would Mm -hmm. be applicable in some way shape or form to something that they were learning about the human body bang bang boom you have kind of a front end plot um that we don't do that anymore with sitcoms now like i mean they've 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 forked right like there's some shows that just do weird rapid fire nonsense there's some shows that get really deep into character motivations and stuff. We're, we're no longer the nine to five that we used to be in magic school bus territory. So mm. in a similar way, we're not following the kids anymore. We don't care about the kids, even though that representation probably in isolation is a good idea. These are the more engaging angry birds, you know, shapes yeah. and sizes that the kids want to watch. So that's what they're going to get. It also does reflect the change in how children consume media and in how children learn, right? It's a lot more online and digital. Mm. And so, you know, you compare it to something like the Magic School Bus where the kids with the questions go on the adventure themselves. Here, they're asking the question. Somebody is experiencing it vicariously, and then they report back. Which, Did they ever do a you know, story for on Ill. misinformation? Because that would be very interesting. That, that'd be recursive. There's like a... 
you know, oh no, the the organization has been infiltrated by nefarious maybe, actors. Maybe these guys are like the Mythbusters of mm. the Storybots mainframe, because like you can imagine that uh, you know the people at the desks, the the ones that aren't color coded or color coded plaid or beige or something. Yeah, they all like just look up the answers or ask a professional, but. You get errors when you do that. So maybe these are the myth-busting equivalents. We're like, well, well, maybe we can make a balloon out of lead. Let's fucking try. (laughs) And they go on a quest and see if they can, like, actually get an answer in, like, a way that isn't just looking it up. And the answers themselves don't really matter. It is more about the journey. That's what's going to stick with you. Of course. And and the journey is super fun. Because a kid's not going to remember, like, oh, DNA. It's made up of T's, C's, G's, and A's. It's like... No, you danced around in a cell. That was that was radical. It was really helpful uh, from the scientists to um, give those required labels, you know, like the FDA labels for DNA, so that when we look down with a microscope, we can see the little printed A's, G's, and this is a dumb joke. Continue. I, I kind of got where you were going. Yeah, I just, I was kind of hoping you'd jump in on it and... I recognize I'm kind of making you do the labor there, so... Uh, I also didn't know where you were going with it, because... Hey, you know what? We're, we're, we're kind of in the same ice rink here. <laughs> so... But I do think the scientists should all be played by Snoop Dogg in the future, right? Bro. Like, Was he like the king anytime, of music? Anytime that there is a like a like a paper that you know oh this incredible scientific finding or like new pictures of the of the universe just dropped i want snoop dogg to be the one breaking that information to me i told you about the one guy in pentaveret the uh the 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 uh jordan 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 peele i think was the uh-huh. guy who played the uh 50 year old uh 70s black exploitation era <laughs> like but just aged up and is a scientist <laughs> it's pretty good it's, that is awesome and i think you'd enjoy pentaverit for that uh, for yeah, that yeah, reason yeah, alone I just keep forgetting no worries keep, keep uh, reminding me a lot of mike myers um but yeah he, uh, this, he's never this, in something a little bit no he can't help himself <laughs> he's like an infection uh storybots is mike myers an infection <laughs> Oh, yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't even have to look that up. Self-evident. <laughs> the FDA printed it on him. Uh so we so we we we've done the we've done the plot. We've we've told you the, the 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 main text of it. The characters are relevant but pleasant and they bounce off of each other personality-wise. Yeah. The focus fine. isn't on them, right? The 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 show like it's it purports to be educational. It's much more focused on the medium than the message. And in that medium, there is a rhythm. Uh, there is the engagement with the topic. You know, they mm-hmm. do the Rugrats thing of I didn't understand what this word meant, so they start off in the wrong place and have to kind of detective their way toward the actual answer. So there's mm-hmm. like, you know, the beginning mystery. We're moving forward with it. Every so often. We, uh, we, we pan out to, uh, the only thing I wrote down with, about them was two little fuckers. I wrote those laughing chuckle fucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. Uh, and these were just, like, quickie Garfield and Friends style cutaway gags. Just to break up the, the monotony, I guess. Where, like, a a tube will open up in the ceiling and pizza will come through and they'll be like, ha ha, pizza. 
and then we'll get a song about pizza. It, it's to segue from a random thing that happened in Storybots to a song about a very narrow thing that has almost nothing to do with the theme of the episode. And like they the do that at the end of the episode three. as well, but they do it in the guise of like, hey guys, fun fact. Yeah, well, they do both. Uh, yeah. they, they do both of those. They have a fun fact somewhere in there, but then they also have like a random, we wanted another song, we had another song. It's not related to the theme of the episode, but you said the number three, so we can put it in here. It's, if, if, it's so cut and paste, it blew <laughs> my mind. If you have an episode about recycling, at most two of the four songs will be about recycling. <laughs> the you other two will be so. about like horses or some shit. Yeah, I, I saw multiple songs about chickens and like, that's fine. It's it's just very jarring to go from <laughs> what I would consider a very focused edutainment episode on one specific theme. They they do the Sesame th- Street thing of saying, today we're talking about ramps, and we're going to get a bunch of ramp facts, but you're also going to learn about the letter O, and like... <laughs> It, there's no rhyme or reason between those two things, you know? Like, and, it, and So it song, was very jarring to me when it happened. I, I agree. And the song with O is just a bunch of words that start with O that are clearly constructed because it sounds nice rather than it has any meaning. The, the show is all aesthetic. Let, let's put our edutainment glasses on and recognize that that's some of the mean, medium that has to come through is things that are read, things that start with O, whatever. That's got to be yep. a song, fine. But it, I guess it's just the the suddenness of that impacting my otherwise very pleasant trip toward learning what music is. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to hear about chickens for a bit. Like, it's just very, um, it's just, it's so cut and paste, it blew my mind. <laughs> like, it's such a weird rhythm to have so formulaic. I understand the necessity of it, but it is very hard for me, a person who is used to a theme and being led by the hand through a story, to suddenly be pushed into a ditch every mm-hmm. every so often. <laughs> it's just like, and break. Okay, now, sneakers. There's a lot of them. We all have them. <laughs> Here's... Yeah. It's 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 like um it's like when Space Ghost gets asked like asks guests questions. Yeah. <laughs> Why do Americans <laughs> love barrels so much? Oh jeez, I guess we need a song about that. <laughs> that that is what it, it just it's very and, and you can tell why it was. It's like, why are we doing a song about the number three? Was it because the story bots said three haphazardly? No, it's because that was the song that was in the rotation that was in the chamber, and we needed to, <laughs> to pull it, so we doctored the dialogue a little, and here we go. Yeah, this this is just the songs we came up with while we were jamming. And yeah. I, I get it. Like, a, a child needs a little bit of push and pull, right? They can't stay on the same task. They can come back to it later. Yeah. It does feel a little bit like... Yes, you can go back for seconds, but here have this, like, uh, you know, clear your palate first. A little bit. It's it's a little janky for my sensitivities, but um, a point in its favor. The whole show is kind of doing this patchwork approach to media. Mm-hmm. Like, we're getting pleasant 2D or CG animation, but we're also getting fucking squiggle vision and puppets. Like, it's, it's all over the place in terms of immersive, you know... Uh, sensation. Mm-hmm. So and to it's have a bunch of music weirdly paced and just kind of dropped wherever isn't 
too, isn't as insane as it would be in an episode of The Simpsons. I'll tell yeah, you that. Yeah, it's consistent. Yeah, and it's yes. surprisingly engaging, right? Like, I found myself really engrossed in what was going on because it's like, I can't turn my head away. Who knows what's going to show up in a minute? Yeah, it, it could it could be Wallace and Gromit before, if I, when I blink. It's They're great. They're talking to a big paper mache son and he wants to play Pinochle. Okay, that, that son is a tragic hero, is what he is. <laughs> but that's, it's really... So the thing that we haven't really talked about yet is is this this show's goddamn adorable. Yeah, it's so cute. It's so <laughs> cute and it's so pleasant. Like it's, I've never really I could not grok something that was Sesame Street appropriate anymore. Yeah, like there's things about it I can appreciate. Uh, the fact that all of it is puppets is definitely a point in its favor. But like I've got a limited patience for edutainment. I had a lot more patience for this than I was anticipating. <laughs> and like you said, like you don't know what's going to happen if you turn your head because it's fucking rapid fire uh, nonsense. And, and appropriately for its, you know, uh, origins, like it feels a lot like an early Flash cartoon, like refined. Like there's been a lot of advancements in, you know, random lull humor in the past 15 years. But it's almost it's almost an animation collabo. It, yeah, it's got that Internet weirdness. It's got that fluidity. You feel the jib jab. <laughs> Oh, you super do. It's and I will say, all all breadth, no depth. When they mm-hmm. do an animation style, it is not very good. Uh, <laughs> it is it. This is not a polished product. We are not seeing Craig McCracken or um, you know, Butch Hartman designs that have been micro tuned to exactly <laughs> the golden ratio of bust to hips uh, over the course of decades. These these. Shapes are squishy and cute and Play-Doh factory molded and they've got like weird bits of varnish on the side and they don't look precise. Every everything looks just thrown together. If if you tried to nail them down more, you wouldn't be able to have them walk on a live action background interacting with a stop motion elf. <laughs> like it just wouldn't work. It's- Oh, I agree. It it's that thing that we saw in Who Framed Roger Rabbit where sometimes you'd see Looney Tunes objects in the real world and it looked like reality is fraying at the edges. <laughs> yeah. It's a problem with our ability to sense information. Yeah. Um, uh, a little bit of Cthulhu that, kept crept in. It's 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 a fascinating experience to behold. And it's um, really but, it's kind of hard yeah. to describe. I th- I think we're doing okay though. I think we are doing okay. Uh we can we can probably try to do a like a little bit of tonal stuff and uh, and re- I think we're, I'm gonna need a palette I'm gonna need a quickie segment where we talk about where we sing about chickens before yep. uh, we talk about animation some more. So what do you say we jump into tone and genre and like discuss the primordial essence of the edutainment yes. uh, and how this holds up? Do you think they met the creator's goal of having programming which meets modern kids where they're at yes okay do you think they yes do you think they nailed the right age range i'm not sure what age range they were going for if they were going for sesame street i still say yes uh that is as a 30 year old man without kids so i i can't really claim that my instincts are good here you're you're not gonna attract the edgy teens you might have some overlap with the like preteen crowd I think that's well, probably as far. I think I think a, a ten year old will enjoy this, but not a lot older. 
this is like a New World Monkey equivalent of Animaniacs almost in that like yeah. the the jokes and like the references are there, but for their they're for the adults, and everything in the show is not so unpleasant for the adults as to be unobtainable, but it's not technically for adults. They're just like they're given concessions to watch this with their kids. Yeah, um, like an, an adult, yeah. a, a child is not going to understand. So uh, they'll watch the story bots ask a uh, hippie about where flowers come from, right? Because they saw his van covered in flowers. Oh, God. Was he selling like hemp necklaces? No, he the, the so adults good. will recognize that he was high and the adults will recognize that he was David Cross. But the kids are going to understand what they need to from that interaction. <laughs> okay, wow. Okay, that wow, was wow. that was a really good spit take there. <laughs> I did so not glad. realize that David Cross fucking showed up. Man, the celeb. Can we talk about the celebrity guests? Because they are Absolutely. so thinly veiled. Just we want to have a celebrity on. Yeah, I wasn't really sure. I I didn't catch many of the references. They're, they're not doing anything important. <laughs> Can you can you walk me through a couple of the specifics? I'm interested. So, so Snoop Dogg was the central processing unit of a computer. Okay. Uh, That's and they're fair. like, how do computers work? And he's like, listen, man, I'm the mainframe. I'm moving this stuff around. Check out these ones and zeros. Follow it that away. Um, I don't remember what Weird Al did, but he was there. Oh, I'm I'm a hundred percent certain that he was uh, <laughs> behind the band for every. It's it's. The the music is all Wiggles plus Weird Al, mm-hmm. uh, is is how I'd put it. But um, yeah, I saw who was the uh, who was the king of sound. I really thought that it was going to be an Elvis thing, but it turned out to be someone else. King of sound. Yeah, the internet has no idea what you're talking about. He was in the first episode, I think. John Legend. Oh, I don't know who that is. He's uh, you know, yeah, yeah, you do. Are you sure? M- nah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know many musicers. You would recognize him incorrectly if you saw him. Oh, okay, then. You'd Very be like, well. oh, that's Pharrell, but you're wrong. Pharrell. Who's Pharrell? God damn Will, it. <laughs> Will Pharrell? I can't do this. <laughs> From um, Old Boy? Or Old right, School? I'm, I'm, old Boy's very different. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the at the list of guest appearances. We have uh, Whoopi Goldberg as the Tooth Fairy. Clearly. Yeah. Oh, so Weird Al was like a... Um, like a yoga instructor, he was like selling his spa services for potatoes because they were like, "Where do French fries come from?" And he oh was my like, "God, we massage the potatoes, and we, you know, you know, it doesn't need to be Weird Al." That no, that's a that's an Adam Sandler bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's a teach piano lessons for meatballs kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Ben, can I read you uh, one that I think you'll enjoy? Uh, absolutely. Edward Norton as Gary the Electronics Salesman. <laughs> That's a hard no for me. <laughs> that that doesn't... Because that's clearly a front for meth, though. <laughs> Given what I know about uh, Norton's roles. But, but basically what the celebrity guests do is they're going to explain things... The way that I think they honestly understand them. So, like, Reggie Watts explaining DNA, like, he... Yo, was it actually Reggie Watts? Are it was Reggie me? Watts, yeah. He was a nurse. Good lord. And he's explaining DNA the way I think most people would. Like, yeah, you know, you got A's, C's, T's, and G's. 
they match up everybody's different genetic code makes makes you up that's it's very surface level he's there because he's reggie watts right okay so I, a couple things to pick apart there okay uh thing the first education value we're gonna do the standard edutainment thing education value how good was this at explaining things to kids i saw an episode wherein they explained what makes music where they explain and and an episode where they explained how it turned from day to night and they both uh passed with flying colors in my opinion yeah they Uh, had it was accessible it was fun to watch because it was weird animation and i was there for it um, yeah, I, I thought it was really well paced. They did a nice summary at the end to kind of get the, the kid summaries. up to speed. Yeah. I think the summaries do the bulk of the legwork in explaining how things work because they got a nice diorama. They explain it simple terms, very succinct, very concise. Everything that leads up to that is kind of a bunch of bullshit, though. That's just, yeah, that's just for us. That's just that's for just fun. flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the one thing I will say. High marks mm-hmm. on education value. Second, uh, guess stars celebrities what what end of the talent uh acquisitions were they like okay did they want to be there was this a payout i mean did they have to pay i really can't imagine edward norton doing it it doesn't seem likely right but also so maybe maybe like if they had him in the studio for some other thing in it, the, those big dollars of jib mm-hmm. jab working on those you I, know triple a productions or whatever I, I think i think the celebrities in this were overwhelmingly celebrities who just don't generally say no to easy checks like mm-hmm. like it's not necessarily kind of the that ones they need the money they just like the guys they who, know uh, that this will be fun the guys who showed up uh on the super mario brothers super show <laughs> Yeah, like, okay, I'm going to go in, say a couple Hi, Magic Johnson. Later. <laughs> I guess do your thing, man. Like, Jay Leno showing up, it's not because he needs the check. It's not because he loves children's entertainment. It's just, like, it's different from the normal stuff he does. Like, oh. it, you got to, it's, it's got to be like a field trip for you, right? Like a, like a field day. Maybe, or it could be. It's like when an academic takes a sabbatical to like go do a guest lecture but rem- somewhere. Like it could be that, but also remember when like Mike Tyson was like, I want to reinvent myself in a way that is like more pleasant. And mm, did. Yeah, get them hooked while they're did, young. Did Mike Tyson mysteries and like viewed that as sort <laughs> of like this, um, this, this turning point in his life where he could kind of reinvent himself. I don't know, man. Like, I think, I think a lot of celebrities would surprise you. I, I could conceive of Edward Norton doing it because he believed in kids entertainment. It's just hard for me to imagine even me, a person who is, I imagine less cynical than someone working in Hollywood. Um, to, like, go on a children's TV show and, like, be all smiles and no sarcasm. Maybe, but, like, if you're getting into being an actor, like, part of you is going to probably enjoy that. And once you've made enough money doing acting, you just remember, like, it it, it, it takes all of the, the, the stressors out of the work so you can choose your work. I don't know. I, I think that there's yeah. probably some who want it. Can you imagine Weird Al doing something for the money? <laughs> not really no. no he's got enough of it uh you know you know who i wanted to see on this uh i, I await your answer with bated breath danny devito mr devito 
Uh, that would have been an. Can you imagine him as some sort of like magical bus driver? Wasn't he one of the fuckers in the? Wasn't he one of the laughing fuckers in the in the quickie segments? <laughs> no. <laughs> Horse. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, where were we? Yeah. Oh yeah. So that was edu- um, education value, entertainment value. You say that you enjoyed this show. I'm wondering if you can grade it amongst other edutainment stuff we've watched versus what if you graded it amongst other cartoons we've watched? How does it rank? It, it's interesting because normally normally when we have to grade things on a curve, it's because we're looking into the past, right? We're looking at something from the 80s. The pacing is going to be slower. The plot's going to be simpler. This feels almost the other direction where like, I need to grade it against other modern Netflix shows yeah. because... If I try and compare this against the Magic School Bus, it it's not going to work because it appeals to me more because my brain has... The, the, the reason media is like this now is because it and us have had a uh, uh, a relationship that has accelerated, right? There's a feedback loop there yeah. for, for our ability to access entertainment. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's we nice... We want it fast, we want it bingeable. It's nice every so often in your relationship with media to go back to the location of your first date for, like, a 20th anniversary, which I guess that is another way to put our podcast. We are the 20th anniversary <laughs> first date of cartoon podcasts. <laughs> uh, but yes, it, our tastes more closely align with Storybots than with most other edutainment stuff. It, it's one of those weird things that benefits from not being nostalgic, right? Like, because the appeal is that frenetic wild what can happen next energy yeah you do lose something in that energy though right like oh yeah it, it is like you said you blink and you'll miss it kind of stuff like a, a lot of the time i found that i was getting a little overstimulated and i stopped paying attention and that's a mm-hmm. shame because there was always something cool to look at but like i don't know man i tried to watch an in i i tried to watch green snake the other night uh i don't know if you ever checked what's it. green snake it's a um chinese animation studio full-length like animated movie um i think it's on netflix it's um uh all the dialogues in mandarin but you know subtitles are fine and it is such a weird look at where chinese animation is like we're we're Hmm. getting some more of it now for whatever reason but like it went through a very different trajectory, both in <laughs> divergent evolution. Because like the animation chops are really good; they do some amazing camera rotation work. Uh, the action scenes mm. are incredible. The pacing is a is a is a disaster. <laughs> uh, there's just action scenes every five minutes. You get that five minutes every five minutes, different action scene, different biome, different characters, different things going on. Yeah. It's too much. It's like a Bollywood film. I, it felt like a Bollywood film at times. <laughs> There's magic that's not explained. There's history that's not explained. <laughs> El, the, the, it, the day night cycle makes no sense. Uh, it's just, it, there's too much stimulus. It wasn't that it was sure. complicated. It was that it was a mess, <laughs> you know? So that that's kind of what this yeah. feels like. It's, it's not complicated, but it's a mess. All your toys are all over the floor, man. Do some TLC. <laughs> yeah, this, this burrito didn't knock me out because it was complex. This burrito knocked me out because I had twice as much meat and bread and cheese as a human should. I cannot imagine watching. I watched two episodes, and that was all the time I had for prep because it's been a busy week. If you told me I needed to do a three- episode minimum i would have told you to wait a week because i would not have, i could not have watched a third one straight if there's too much man if there's too much 
It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And it's so weird because this is Netflix, the most bingeable of to all quote, streaming to quote services. Sarah Lee, that's too much, man. It, it, it was too much. tragic man. what happened. Yeah. No. <laughs> it turns out. And the, it was heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> spoilers. That's not a real person, by the way. That's a Bojack Horseman reference. Well, very real to me. <laughs> yeah, you took that really hard. <laughs> you were inconsolable. Um, yeah, so I, I think something that does um, help it go down, because if it was just all aesthetic jumping around, it, it would be more difficult. They do break it up nicely. So they'll sit in a scene for like five minutes. Within that scene, there will be a lot of, like it will shift in between the educational stuff and the like, you know, character beats or like silly dialogue. Yeah. And, and maybe it'll jump around. But like, it intersperses it nicely to keep you moving. So, so my example is a caterpillar is telling the story bots about the parts of the flower. But he's a hungry caterpillar, right? Um, so he keeps withholding information. And he's like, oh, you know, I, I just need a little, a little something to jog my memory. And they just, like, keep feeding him. So he's like, we flash back to a diagram of a flower. And he's like, and this is the stamen. But then he's like, oh, and what was the next part? <laughs> so that's what we're working with here. Yeah, they they do a bit in between these different in these in between these different parts of the plot which are also different environments and different animation styles yeah um, it's a bit heavy it, it is there's just a lot of things changing from scene to scene the scenes are broken up well but there's not a lot of continuity um sure yeah i mean like i was watching one where they're like how do you make music and so they have to go to the land of music and they have to, like, overcome a lot of musical challenges where they're learning different things like timber and pitch and intensity and all these different things that go into making sound with instruments. Uh, and I couldn't I couldn't tell you what any one of them was about. Like, I, I, I received... <laughs> it was all a blur. I received... I barely escaped with my life. Well, I, I fixated is what I did, is I, I picked a point in, in the middle distance to focus on so that I could mm -hmm. ground myself. And sometimes it yeah. was like a pair of anima... Uh, not animatronic, but like anthropomorphized tom-toms that were trying to teach me rhythm. Uh, sure. Sometimes it was just like this crazy-looking felt wall with a bunch of bells on it. Like, it, it was... <laughs> I... I retrieved information that was more or less always random and could not fully describe <laughs> the scene. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you. It was too much stimuli, and so your mind glazed over to preserve your fragile sanity. I, it's, it's Lovecraftian in, in that a way. way. I think this show is like a really good example of less is more. You know, I remember when I was a little kid, and we were making like gingerbread houses for. Um, uh, Christmas, which had not been canceled, and there wasn't a war on it uh, back then. So shame what the woke right. leftists did. But <laughs> uh, the, you know, we were making gingerbread houses, and we had like frosting to act as glue and gumdrops and everything. And because we were children, every house was like this monster mash monstrosity. Uh, there's no elegance. There's no elegance, uh, and that is what that 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 is. The overwhelming impression that I get from this show is that it's a gingerbread house that didn't know how to stop. Yeah, it's not less is more. It's it's more is more or most is more. Yeah, if you can handle most, here's most. And so for the educational part, I do think they're leaning very heavily on the on the summary at the end because I can imagine them like doing like 
yeah, and timbre is when the frequencies line up, and then I can see them like lining up or something. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't see that episode, but I can imagine how they would structure that so that that image sticks in the kid's mind. Everything else was just to keep their attention to that point. Yeah, there. if it was one definition, I could handle it. It was five throughout the episode, and it was a different situation and different characters each time, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just a lot. It was a lot to take in. I I <laughs> got uh, got overstimulated, and uh, there's only so much of that before I'm like, I'm gonna have to finish this movie tomorrow. There's too many new factions with different faces. I I can't handle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that being said, still engaging. The synthesis of edutainment I think is pretty good. It's 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 just a very ADHD watching experience. Which is hard for me to contend with. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, I think we've said our piece on that. Let's move back toward talking about animation to nail some of the specifics down. There aren't really specifics, though, right? There's like there's the the, there's there's like the reboot style regular characters, right? Like the storybots themselves kind of look rebooted. Yeah. Yeah, the like ones and zero background characters from reboot. Yeah, more or less. Um, there's 2D animation for like a bunch of Outerlands characters. There's pop-up books for backgrounds. Like there was one scene that was in a forest, and it was it looked exactly like Chapter Five from Paper Mario, where you go to a jungle, <laughs> and, like one to one. Right. It was amazing. Yep. I saw Fleischer Brothers animation. Like there were Cuphead mm-hmm. character designs in <laughs> in in somewhere. There was like a Schoolhouse Rock kind of presentation. Uh, puppetry. They seem to have a real passion for claymation. Yeah, this was all Practical a single effects, stop motion. A single episode. Oh yeah, just throw it all in. Just all of it. Just just make everything <laughs> a different. It's like that fraying at the edges that happened in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. We don't see the fraying because we're never firmly planted in one thing. It's like we're in the it's, it's, we're in the void between dimensions, between the second and yeah. third and felt and puppet and squiggle vision dimensions. We're we're in the nexus it's, of all the animation styles. It's like how in music if they never play the tonic chord, like it doesn't feel like there is a, a like there is a key. Can you can you explain what you mean by that? Because that is a, a a thing I'm not familiar with, and would be a fancy little show note. Yeah, it's like a lot of modern music. Anything that's atonal or just shifts around in the key a lot. Um, you have your normal, you know, whatever your key is, major, minor, whatever. You're gonna have a do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Um, if you never play do and you're jumping around from chord to chord, you never really established what the actual like frame of reference of music hmm. that you're in and so there's nowhere for that like uh, tension in the music to resolve to so it just feels like anything can any any combination of notes can fit in there because you've never heard what the right one is so like for instance in the famous oboe oboe concerto um oh the, beethoven's fifth yeah um <laughs> You would do the dun 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 dun, and then you can go wherever you want because you've established where the baseline is. Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. I I, I buy that. <laughs> I knew you. I knew you'd know exactly what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he thinks he's playing an oboe concerto. <laughs> We've referenced that before, and I was just so happy how quickly you referenced it the last time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's let's move on a little bit. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, to music and sound. 
yeah, given how many songs and how much, uh, just percentage-wise, this is music, um, it's similar to the animation. You're going to get a lot of different styles. You're going to get a lot of, you know, just throwing everything at the board and seeing what sticks. Yeah, th- there is excellent variety in the music. It, um, mm-hmm. You know that Cousin Skeeter, Keenan and Kel kind of, we want to introduce hip-hop to the kids because that's what they're into right now? Yeah. We yep. get that, but with a less racist flair. Like, it's just yeah. a smorgasbord of a bunch of musics that maybe two decades ago were not, seen, were not labeled real music, but now we've kind of figured out that they, in fact, are. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're trying, because what's cooler to a kid than their older sibling, right? <laughs> yeah. You want yeah. you want what they're listening to, like Absolutely. the older crowd is listening to. Right, so you might have heard, like, as a kid, you might have heard random snippets of, like, heavy metal or rap or something, mm-hmm. and this is a friendly way to get you to contend with it. Like, yeah, it's I a mean, gentle definitely... introduction to some harsh music, I guess. Or harsh there animation, is... honestly. Like it's just it the the bar is real low, the stakes mm-hmm. are real low. If you haven't seen Squiggle Vision before and it's a little bit like janky looking to look on its own, like if you're looking at the Cita sings to blue sings the blues, <laughs> Squiggle Vision Mission Hill kind of segments, then you might be caught real off guard. But like you're already familiar with the story bots, they just happen to be swaggling a little bit, then it's going to yeah. be a little easier to take in. And if it's you know, a song about um, how oranges have vitamin C, and it, it's 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 calliope music. Like it's going to be a little easier to jive with. Yeah, and and uh, a lot of it is these sort of like stylistic introductions, where it will be like a guy, a a, a bot of a sort uh, on a stage, you know, rapping or something. But he's just talking about the color red and yeah. how it's used and where you'll find it and how it makes you feel. I love the music. It's like a, it's like a, uh, billions rep. It's it, it's like a, uh, from Kipo and the Wonder Beasts. How like the the wolves, the science wolves, would like rap about all of the science they knew. Like uh-huh. that that is the sort of energy <laughs> that this has. Yeah, they, they do an itsy bitsy spider song, but it's a punk rock song sung by some Muppets. So like the 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 parable of the spider. Uh, it takes a backseat to this like weird interstitial where the focus is is on the aesthetic of it. I need to share you with you a memory because you just jogged something in my memory that's precious and needs to be <laughs> pointed out. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we're talking about introducing music to kids with in the in the vein that they'll understand, and so sometimes the like the content of it will be very gentle, and the presentation will be something that is generally more aggressive. In Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> Stay with me. There was yep. an episode, and remember, this was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So Will Smith. It could, anything could happen in this show. <laughs> right. Fucking, he could he, get superpowers. He could, go on, he could get addicted to speed. Carlton could he become could go a on gangster. Survivor. <laughs> it didn't matter. It was all yep. open territory. Yeah, so... Uh, so um, 
I don't remember the exact sequence of events, but long story short, Will has to retake the third grade, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and for you know for the uh, for the recital for like the the talent show or like the end of year problem like this is the big performance like all the all the parents are there in the front row, um, and it's like everybody's like my kid's the one with the bow tie, mine's the one with the afro, or so, you know it's just like <laughs> that, uh, and they have to sing. Um, you are my sunshine. They have to sing "You Are My Sunshine," and yeah. so they all have like these these plant costumes, and they're all they all have sunflowers <laughs> around their heads, like Maurice Sendak characters of some sort. <laughs> uh, and they have to, you know, they're going to sing it. They practice it like the regular "You Are My Sunshine, My Only Sunshine." Will Smith is in this show. I don't know if you remember. This is Fresh Prince of Bel Air. How could I forget? <laughs> First, Will Smith decides he's going to do, like, rap <laughs> for this yeah, song. Yeah, of course he does. And, like, with backup singers and shit. So <laughs> him and a bunch of third graders get out on stage, and he's and he, like, screams in the mic. He's like, yo, give me a little bit of James Brown. And, like, one of these third graders will, ah! <laughs> and so he just starts, like, sing-talking, like, you are my... And then the backup singers go, sunshine! My only sunshine! Like, it's... <laughs> yeah go look it up (laughs) it happened maybe 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 y'all ain't ready for that but your kids are gonna love it (laughs) (laughs) that's a different guy (laughs) actually while we're going down memory lane might as well dude we're already here i was um so i was back home and i found i was like clearing up some like you know old letters just throwing stuff out and i found this little index card on which i wrote one of my dreams Ooh, that i know you loved when i told it to you originally okay (laughs) Which is here's here's the text. It's between Doc Brown and Marty. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. This was in college, though. This wasn't from when you were a kid. Uh, well, I, I mm. the handwriting, okay. the lack of skill in handwriting begs to differ. It says, Marty, no one here is suffering from amnesia. It says, Doc, where'd the bed go? Marty, that would require me to remember where I am and how I got there. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. For those not in the know, we are a clan with a Cassandra-like ability to remember our own dreams. Because <laughs> they're not pleasant, normally. No, it's never good. <laughs> but we do get a lot of detail out of them. Uh, anyway, okay, that's Will uh, Smith the Sunflower. Fresh Prince. Yeah. Back into... Dinobots. Oh, Itsy Bitsy Spider. Yeah. Met- okay, the, the style pastiches. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so that that is some of the songs some of them are just straight kids novelty songs um mm. you know where it'll just be like yeah the the you know the letter p there's parasol and peregrine and penguin yeah. and pineapple and <laughs> say hi, hi say hey hey say howdy do say hello hello to your good friend h to the letter h you can have a hearty breakfast with hash browns and ham when you're hanging out it, it, it leans a little bit harder on the wiggles at those times like you can clearly see the stylistic influences of sesame street like it's never not clear that that's a guiding influence that that they're yeah. that that is their northern star it's interesting in the in the idea of like trying to meet kids where they are but also doing the sesame street thing is they just like had 50 50 songs from each <laughs> it does feel like that. well i mean and the the com- 
composition of the show kind of lends toward that notion because again the the songs just happen when they need a song they just throw to commercial and now we have a song (laughs) like they're not Mm -hmm. integrated very well um yeah, I don't know. And, and uh, the songs are catchy, I think. Like, they're they're entertaining to listen to. I got the they most out have... of the different types of music in the same way that I got more out of the different types of animation than the actual animation yeah. itself. Like, yeah, yeah. J- j- just having the smorgasbord approach was what, what I got out of the songs. What were you going to yeah, say? Yeah, I... Well, I just, I, I mean, I liked uh, the kids' songs as well. Uh, they had, like, fast but simple lyrics where it's clearly the emphasis was on getting the rhyme successfully and getting a lot of them out <laughs> yeah um but you know they're they're catchy they're engaging they put are them the, put them on the mix cd for the road trip they're fine i'm gonna say that the lyrics are like very first draft and nonsense yes. and that's fine because again this is for kids like we don't have to have lyrical genius in fact that should not be where our effort is going so i don't dock at any points but boy are you getting a lot of nonsense First draft is what a lot of kids are used to in the YouTube era. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I mean, it's a good message for kids. Hey, it's okay to fuck up. Just do your thing. Do your thing. Have fun. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the theme song. What do you think of this thing? Boy, you're gonna have to remind me. Story bats. Bing boop It didn't. It didn't register to me one way or another again it felt a lot too much going on um, man it's busy i forgot that a theme song happened by the time i was done with the episode it it stylistically reminds me of like the bare naked ladies children's album or like um you know the the big bang theory intro Mm. um it's actually uh so it was written by perry grip um of the band nerve herder he writes novelty and children's songs you might know him by his famous raining tacos song I do not know them. Yeah, by well, the you're not a child. <laughs> tacos song. Is it like a Baby Shark kind of thing? It's very Baby Shark. And okay. in fact, both of those songs were used by the West Palm Beach uh, by, uh, like local board as part of a playlist they used to harass the unhoused population. Oh, un- how wonderful. Until Grip demanded that they remove it. And no then he way. made donations to their local homeless shelters. Bruh. Dude's that's good. A, that's a triple bruh episode. <laughs> I like that guy. Yeah, that's 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 pretty rad, and it does kind of lend credence to the notion that maybe the maybe the famous actors really did just believe in this like property. Like I don't know, man. <laughs> Celebrities doing nice things is 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 heartwarming in a way that normies can't really. Normies being nice to you, like there's not much. We haven't tasted the tasted the grandness of sociopathy that being rich and famous affords. But it's, to it's, go there and then come back is something special. It it means something if the person being nice to you is so wealthy that they could hate you into non-existence and have no repercussions. <laughs> you know? <laughs> a little what something a, extra. No, I, I, I think it was nice. <laughs> I think it was a what nice... a lovely sentiment. Nice thing to say. <laughs> You're uh, you're picturing it, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> you're picturing like Adam Sandler with his mind ray. I did a lot of facial, uh, I did a lot of facial techniques just for you. And get the video. <laughs> go to our Patreon that it totally exists to get the video for that. Anyway, um, yeah, um, I so the the songs themselves I think were pretty pleasant. The intro did not really stick out to me. It it felt kind of more normal than most of the songs. Yeah. So it 
it just kind of got passed over. And catchy. It's fine. It, um, it it serves the purpose of an advertisement for the show you're about to watch, rather than the songs in the middle, which are just like ads for concepts. <laughs> yeah, I will say the songs I liked better than the sound effects and the sound design. Because those really started to show me the cut and paste, not integrated feeling of this whole whole show. So sound design elements kind of hit me at random. A lot of the time it will be just like random trombones playing over nothing because it's, you know, like a Dora the Explorer kind of thing. Like somebody makes a passing reference to a fart joke and got a... Uh-huh. Um... The one that really kind of made me wince and, like, sit up and take notice, there's this <laughs> part in, the I think, the first episode where they meet a knight because they're trying to figure out what causes oh, knight. Oh, yeah. And this knight who, let me see, what was his name? He was like, I'm King Yardstick. The ruler. Yeah. Which is a yeah, that was joke for a Jay Leno. Well, that yeah, was and Jay he's Leno? Fighting, <clears throat> and he's fighting, like, a giant, like, Oh, a, giant a hand puppet, puppet dragon? Yeah, a hand yeah. puppet. A giant head puppet. Oh, a head puppet. Yeah. Um Yeah, like an Audrey 2 situation. <laughs> feed me. Um So, I don't know if you noticed it, but Jay the King Leno Yardstick did there's there's echo on his voice like he is the voice of God from Futurama. Well, I thought cuz he was in a knight's helmet. That's what I thought before he removed the knight's <laughs> helmet, and it was still there. <laughs> well, it, the helmet imbues the knight with resonance. Yeah, so you see what I'm saying is like, wait a second, something, something's, not, <laughs> something's off track here. Um, things like that just really made me feel like they're just throwing techniques at the wall, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I didn't notice that much of it, but like, oof, it made me wince. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it. It's the kind of thing where they don't really need to fine-tune it, right? Because if something is wrong, it's not wrong. It's an Easter egg for the kids. It's just, it's weird for them to spend effort, and then there's no quality control for that effort. Like, it's, the overall success of this show is that it's doing a bunch of stuff, and it doesn't cohere. Like, the success Mm -hmm. is the 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 heterogeneity of this mixture like there's just a bunch of pockets of weird right yeah um but that means that a lot of things get passed through the filter without like being tested for mass consumption or at least that's that's how it ended up and it it would be one thing if there was like very little sound design because like eh, they didn't spend their energy there no they did Mm -hmm. spend energy here it was all experimental and they fucking left it in like it just yeah, it's amazing it's that be that intentional. happens. It well, is intentional. What does it do? What does it mean? It adds it adds to the feeling of like early internet videos, right? I, I like, suppose that's the case. Or it, it's it's like the you know, the charm of a uh, a poorly dubbed uh you know, video from uh you know, the, those old Godzilla films, you know, that old joke yeah. where they're, they're saying know, words it doesn't line up. It's it's a charming aesthetic if you can pull it off right. I keep thinking back to Homestar Runner, right? Like, Homestar Runner, a running joke that shows up over the course of a decade is just the letter G. And they say G whenever they need a letter. They, it's, it shows up 
from time to time. I'm almost certain that that's a Sesame Street reference from way back. It could. Well, they do it with a lot of stuff, right? The number 27 in Weird Al's stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, The like, it's not funny on its own. It's just they they left it in. Yeah, the context of this is the (laughs) thing that we we um we we gravitated toward and didn't compromise. There's that that a stern editor would be like. You know, this is going to be distracting. This is not adding to the overall narrative. Mm. There's no strict editor. It just, as long as it's not, you know, blatantly offensive or going to get somebody writing letters to you, it can go in. <laughs> Let's just hit go. It's kind of this, the thing that you were talking about one time about how YouTube was kind of like this uh, Wild West where it wasn't a matter of being good. It was just how many clicks before it got above the noise. And then yeah. that became the standard for good, like a kind of a badger mushroom thing. But mm-hmm. it's it's almost like an intentional badger mushroom. Like it, it's it's almost clickbait in a way. Like they're trying, <laughs> they're making memes. This is a meme factory. Uh, <laughs> oh, real really rough thing. You know, the the local meme factory shut down. A lot of people out of business. I, th- I think that's going to increase their bargaining power later on. Uh-huh, yep. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, it hurts the local businesses. I know, yeah, store. yeah, yeah, the local economy. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah it, I, it does I guess feel I, like they're just putting stuff in because it's attractive to children when stuff doesn't align, right? Well, like, that's the whole draw of novelty. I don't think that it's even, I think it's even more innocent than that. It, I think it's, um, we're we're shooting for let's engage kids, but if we miss, we just leave it there. Like there, there is, <laughs> this show has an allowance of like, there's, there's just an acceptable, um, blast radius of like <laughs> way too far. I'm not using good terminology here. The, the thing no, I that, gotcha. the thing that makes you me believe you in this sound design thing is that in the same sequence, Jay Leno, his Lord, the ruler King is fighting this, um, this, um, this lamb chop style, like head puppet and the way he's fighting it is like very stage swordsman 101 workshop it's very clear that he's not hitting anything that he's not hitting anything and that he's not trained in this and not trying (laughs) he's gotta know on some level that the green screen will work it out but like he's he's doing very simple choreography because Mm -hmm. he doesn't like it just isn't a thing. It's that clearly he not a thing cares. they cared about. Yeah, and they then <laughs> so they just don't put effort to it. Like I, I just there's something beautiful about the bar being so low for so much of the show, and then it turns out great. Like why yeah. <laughs> does it turn out great? Is it just the concept is great? Is it the breadth? Like why is this good, Zane? I they I left think it's everything just... on the cutting room. They, they didn't leave it on the cutting room floor. They. They clean the cutting room floor and just like and and mixed it into a slurry and added 10% of that slurry to each episode. It's like those paintings where there's just so much going on, like a Bosch painting or something. Yeah, where it's like, like a Johnny Young Bosch painting. check out the rest painting. of the museum. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's just a trigun. Yeah. Yeah, where where I don't need to see the whole museum. I could look at this one painting for hours, you know, because there's so much going on. And it's a nice thing. 
you know, it it's the kids are going to be rewatching the same episodes. It's nice for the parents to see something different or see something askew or unprofessional cuz like I don't know, man. It just it just works and they know how to make it work. I guess it is like also kind of lining up with the evolution of the medium. Remember what I was sure. saying with like sitcom formula and how this doesn't really behave that way? It certainly has like a plot and a theme, but like it also is janky as hell in its pacing. It, it uh, is as far as possible removed from the days of Wiley e. Coyote hitting the ground at that exact right frame to be funny, right? Yeah, it, there's it no is... precision anymore. Precision <laughs> is a relic of the past wherein we didn't have resources to only make so much, so we needed everything to work. Like, yeah, there's welcome to the shotgun era. There's yeah, nothing's riding on this. There, there's no ammo shortage. <laughs> Yeah, ammo's <laughs> as far as the eye can see from we all those animation wars of the early thousands. Well, yeah, well, we have to compete with all of the other media. We need to cram a bunch of shrapnel in here <laughs> <laughs> in our animation grenade because we is, need to hit something. This is the equivalent of the Pirates of the Caribbean loading the silverware into the cannons. And it worked, goddammit. Goddammit, it hit him right in the eye. That man was a saint. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> Animation, shrapnel, uh, yeah. um, throwing everything at the wall, uh, competing with <laughs> other businesses. Uh, I think it was also meme warehouse. a warehouse. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it all, oh, I like the meme warehouse. Um, that was in Roger Rabbit as well. Oh, yes. That, so it was. Um, I, I think it could also be a side effect of the fact that they use so many different styles where like, oh, if we have a claymation section and a puppet section... We're going to have a guy who's trained on that, focusing on that part. So if it's not, you know, directly part of it, then, mm. you know, whoever gets the table scraps or or maybe somebody did realize that the exact funniest thing right here would be to have a pair of underwear lying on the ground. And that's just a great little added visual gag. I and saw because that. One person's working on this. That, that's there you go. That's your joke. Remember what <laughs> we you trust said? Them. You remember what you said in um, uh, The Prince of Egypt? Where you, where you had mentioned that each different character got, like, a different set of animators to work yeah. on their... their that's kind of what this feels like. Every animation style, every music, music style, they all kind of have their own specific professionals on it. But I think the thing that really amazes me is that there is, like, no cross-contamination. They, like, mm -hmm. tape it together. It's it's not <laughs> Yeah. They just they just they just staple one on the other and it's 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 it works. weird <laughs> that it works because it's a I'm Well, I'm used to it not working. You know? Yeah, it shouldn't like, work. <laughs> it shouldn't yeah. <laughs> Cousin Skeeter was atrocious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then it but then we saw who framed Roger Rabbit and it's like, oh, it's almost perfect. We've got yeah. a lot of precision here. We're knocking the lamp. We're getting a lot of precision. It's paying off. It looks great. But we also recognize that the technology is not really there. But rather than perfect the technology, we just drop the pretense of them being mixed media. Mm -hmm. You know? like Or, or, or embrace the pretense of be, being mixed media. So now you get... Because kids don't care. They, they're, they're harnessing all the star power of the Uncle Traveling Matt sequences from Fraggle Rock. We want puppet yes. with, with, with real live humans. We want squiggle animation with Max Fleischer, Popeye-style stuff. We yeah. want claymation 
with puppetry. Like we want all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it, it there's there's no the mediums don't even try to blend. They're they're just they're separable, very easily separable like layers. If you're trying to Photoshop this, uh-huh. uh huh. And so it, and you can imagine that would look really slipshod and and kind of you know amateurish. These are and the people it does. who put people's faces on e-cards, and it, it worked. It does, and it still is fine. <laughs> and that's just, yeah, and it, it, it's so counterintuitive to how I appreciate animation. I, I consider right? the the synergy and the effort to get them to play together in the same pen really paramount in a lot of my yeah. media. And this just Th- that doesn't it had fucking to be care. Out, right? Because, like... You know, Samurai Jack, they had to plan out to make it align properly. Yeah. And I think it plays to the strengths here in two different ways. One of them being because we have plots getting thrown at us left and right, just random songs and random fun facts and stuff, that adds to the aesthetic of just like we're taping it together. Don't worry about how your part interacts with every other part because it doesn't matter because it's different from what just happened. I recently started watching a different show called centaur world are you familiar i've heard good things it's very good it's like what it's like watching adventure time at the exact moment where the silly goofiness started to overtake the tragedy of the mushroom wars Mm -hmm. so like you know you get those episodes like simon and marcy where you're like prowling around the post-apocalypse or whatever before things get saccharine it's kind of in the middle there where (laughs) Most of the characters are googly-eyed monstrosities, and then there's just a regular horse. And no, it's not a regular horse, but it it doesn't look like a googly-eyed monstrosity. It's a very different layer of fidelity, and it's always really obvious. (laughs) Um, But it works for some reason, even though the styles clash. And, like, I think what I'm coming to realize is that this is just a preconception I had because this is the only way people have done things so far. Yeah. You can yeah. literally put one animation style on top of another one and let it fly. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just this um this bias that I didn't even know was there. It and seemed that's the obvious. Other that's the other strength is because modern kids, one, they get that a lot more often in their YouTube videos and in some other shows. Um, you know, uh, uh but also because they have so much more of this type of media to draw from than we did as kids. Like, yeah. a kid growing up today um, will be playing not only the super hyper-realistic video games of today, they're going to be playing the 8-bit shit their parents Mario Maker, played, yeah. And they need to be able to merge those in their minds as a single cohesive medium, so they're just much more used to that sort of technique than than we would be growing up, where we had to experience it's, that change linearly. Yeah, they, they kind of have the reflex for it, well, with, like, Lego Movie and Wreck-It Ralph and stuff. Lego Movie's a perfect example, because you're taking a Batman, whom they have either seen as a cartoon or is a live-action broodmaster, a battering is, is now is a rectangle. <laughs> They don't care. Nobody cares. <laughs> he, he fits. He fits because the show insists that he fits and has the confidence to tell you not to worry about it. Yeah, it's 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 just I, I kind of can't believe that I've gone this long without kind of checking my own biases on yeah. what is approachable media. And like mm-hmm. I thought that a hard and fixed rule was 
make sure that if you have Mario and Sonic in the same area, make sure they both make sense? No, the answer is don't <laughs> bother. <laughs> We're never yeah. going to get there. Let them make internal cons- consistency with themselves and give them a background that they can both exist on. But don't worry about the rest. Yeah. Damn. Doing a lot of soul searching, bruh. Oh. Unless unless we had to make Mario and Sonic, you know, comparable on some on the same line for some sort of Olympic Games. That's a different story. That's a national <laughs> that's a that's an international incident waiting yeah, to happen. The, you, yeah, the handicappers are working overtime figuring this one out. Thank goodness we got a couple extra years because of COVID. We can uh, push right. the Mario Olympics uh, down the line. Thanks, COVID. Yeah. No good? Cutting I, some I, of it I, out? How, how, much, how much do you want me to thank COVID? <laughs> well, we'll know when we, we'll Why know do you when want we get me there. on record saying this? Maybe, maybe, maybe this is all getting cut. Ah. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm real happy that something that shouldn't work does, and I mm-hmm. now know that that was all in my head. That's just such a good feeling. <laughs> it's so weird. it's my it's mind altering, right? It's like when you pick up your first graphic novel. Like, oh, books can be sh- pictures. Rad- Roger Rabbit was beautiful, but there was no need for it to be beautiful. We just weren't uh-huh. there culturally yet. I think it was beautiful because it did have to be beautiful to pass cultural muster. Yeah. Now it's so accepted. This is, this is you know, that was fine dining. This is a garbage plate. Right. Still really good. <laughs> Do you think it's something that the children watching would recognize that most of what they are watching is just experimentation with media in the same way that, like, this episode is mostly talking about the aesthetics? Like, are we getting something different than the kids are or are they kind of getting it too you know what zane that's a great question that i don't feel equipped to answer why don't we ask the experts (laughs) hey story bots yes (laughs) (laughs) yes oh shit (laughs) guys hey (laughs) it's the yarn golems Please let 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 me ask this uh, rich British person about what they think a child would enjoy. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know, I don't know if a kid would get anything. I'm trying to think back in my memory of like the first time I encountered claymation. Mm-hmm. And it's it's, I don't have it. Like I my living memory has always had a place to put Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, you know. Like I, I've there's never, always a slot for that. I've never been without that context, so I do not know. Um, I, th- I guess Wreck It Ralph was kind of my big uh, spiritual awakening for mixed medium. <laughs> That's an um, interesting one. Yeah, and obviously Wreck It Ralph, or um, obviously um, Space Jam and um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, sure. But I, I, I did not watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit before Wreck It Ralph, so I think Wreck It Ralph was probably the first one. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it's a, that's a good question. Uh, we should ask some kids. Yeah. <laughs> Children of the world unite! Send the Cartoncast some uh, some premium data <laughs> and some metadata. Okay. Let's not limit ourselves. I didn't want to be greedy. Yeah, of course. Um, is there anything else about the show to talk about? Wholesome, man. It's it's wholesome and good, and for reasons that I didn't think you could be good. Yeah. Uh, 
it knocked my socks off. It is not the best thing to watch. Like, I, I mean, edutainment, you got to grade it on that curve. It is enjoyable. It's too busy. There's too much going on. Mm-hmm. I can't handle it. But it does so much so well, and in so many ways I did not know were possible that, I don't know, man. Give yeah. this, give these people an infinite amount of funding. They're going to do some cool things, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I and I'm actually kind of curious about like what their like classroom tools that they've made look like, right? Because because we always had just like we our classroom mixed media entertain uh, edutainment stuff was based in our media of the time, right? It was all like point and click adventure shit or Magic School Bus, like just straight up watch these kids do a thing in a sitcom format yeah watch bill nye pour things in a funnel into a globe mavis beach mavis beaches mavis beacon teaches typing that kind of thing yeah and now the kids get to kill zombies while typing yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a whole new ball game we we are skeletons of this uh (laughs) of edutainment we are we are decrepit old mummies zane yeah uh but for the better, because our edutainment was trash, everyone. I mean, Magic School mm-hmm. Bus was like a diamond in the rough, but like everything else at that time, ooh, ooh, the lolly, did they not understand how to <laughs> market to kids without selling them action figures? Yeah. Um, yep. The world, the world will recognize uh, Storybots as a real dynasty. Yeah, so, it's it's extremely good. Uh, watch it, yeah. check it out, share it with your kids. It's it's glorious and weird and way too much. Mm-hmm. Well, then, um, what other fantastic media-defining thing are we looking at next? Zane, glad you asked that. Because we are going to have another anime movie. Haven't done it in a bit. Looking forward to it. Uh, It is a very cultural touchstone, especially if you were a high college student at 2 a.m. and didn't know what else to do at a party, so you put this Mm -hmm. on because, hey, it's got something for everyone. But not really. It's just fucking weird. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm looking forward to watching Akira. Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of really anxious about this episode. <laughs> like, I'm Akira. really, I'm really eager. I don't remember the plot, and I don't remember what you're anxious about. I just remember it looks weird and is weird. Cause like, there's nothing we can say about it that hasn't been said. And there's a ton of, like, craft and aesthetic things that we have to talk about. And the plot takes a lot. Like, I feel like it's going to be a little overwhelming. Um, So I'm going to let you kind of lead that one. I'm just going to be there for the ride. Yeah, I can lead the charge on actual plot stuff. I think it's going to end up in a big O sort of scenario where after a certain point we tap out and just be like, we're just going to watch the rest of it now. Um, (laughs) Fucking mutants, man. I tell you. It's mutants. It's a We got a Cronenberg here. We got our asses a, a Cronenberg. Um, but yeah, uh, it should be fun and, uh, it is genre defining obviously. And I, uh, am eager to check it out cause I don't remember yep. what it's like. Zane, what are we doing after that? Ben, the problem with Akira is it doesn't make me horny enough. Well, we gotta have, we gotta fix that. How are we going to fix that? <laughs> well, Ben, we're going to fix that with totally spies. Ooh, I'm very eager for totally spies. A, a show which... There's too much for it not to be m- motivated by, <laughs> by by fetishes, right? We just came off of the Powerpuff Girls thing. Um, yep. And that is so similar in, like, the trio girls, etc. The, base, the baseline concept is similar. 
baseline concept is similar. And I believe it's from Canada, right? This is a Canadian property. Oh, I'm actually not sure. It does seem a little French. <laughs> it's it's a little French. <laughs> um, but I I remember hearing good things about it, and I think there's a lot of fandom for it. So I'm eager. I'm an eager beaver. Let's go. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just going to watch the porn <laughs> of it. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. I'm pretty sure there is also a topless lady in Akira. Not to uh, not to get in front of it too much, but just saying. <laughs> well, it's not appealing to my specific fetish. Oh, I'm sorry. You need the latex. I understand. Yeah, Anyway. Anyway. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, yep. If you enjoy us... That's awesome. Uh, and you can give us a, uh, you can drop us a line, give a comment by writing in to fancyfat.com slash cartoncast onto our contact page. You can request different episodes for us to check out and check up. Um, you can uh, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating or review. It really helps us out and it validates our existence. Uh you can tell your friends about the show, and more than anything else, uh, ask us questions about what's out there, man. I say, it turns out that we delved too deep, and now the church is burning, which is heretics. <laughs> Let me break it down for y'all. <laughs> God, the 90s. Yeah, no, a lot of it. A lot of it, though. Because <laughs> that's the only way they could do like rap of the '90s is is scale it back into hip hop and just do like the deep bass and then just random. It didn't really mm-hmm. matter what you were talking about. It just needed to hit the codifiers of of, of rapsmanship. You had you had to trick white people into thinking it wasn't threatening, and you had to trick everyone else into thinking it was threatening. But you didn't have to trick Will Smith into anything. I feel like he just showed up on the set every day and was like, we're going to do this today. Let's roll. Let's roll. I'm going to be dressed as a fucking flower. I make this look good. <laughs> I, <laughs> I make everything look good. It's raining tacos from out of the sky. Tacos. No need to ask why. Just open your